Praise the Lord. Welcome to the broadcast today. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas, and we're about to jump right into the second chapter of Hebrews today. Going to hear some wonderful truths of God's Word today. Going to see the righteousness of God's Word. And I just pray you'd get your Bible, your pencil, your paper, and get ready to hear from the Lord. And uh, just ex this is an exciting time to be living in when you're focused on the Lord and what He's doing instead of all the other things in the world. I'm telling you, this is, this is a world that Satan... He is the God of this world, all its ways, all its schemes, all the, the things that go on in this world, uh, its ways. He is the God of all of that, but I'm following Jesus, and I pray that you would be too, not only in words of admittance as the moment, but in every opportunity that comes today, tomorrow, and the next day, if we're still here, that it would be Jesus we're following, and we would be more concerned about our liberty and freedom we have in Christ than any other liberty and freedoms we may have that are, are a good thing to have. But my friend, make sure that you are fighting the good fight of faith and that the most important liberty and freedom that you have is that in Christ, and you're not using that as a cloak for something else. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're going to be in chapter 2 today. We're going to back up to verse 5 and we're going to read down into because sometimes you have to just back up and read down into where you're going. If you don't, you'll just jump into something right in the middle of something. You won't really know where, where it came from. And for our, our new watchers, we do this as well so they'll know where we are in the scriptures, not just chapter and verse, but where the writer is writing to us, what he's trying to say to us. Again, today, Hebrews chapter 2. This is part 3 on this 11th day of February 2021. So uh, I pray the Father give us the bread of life today that he would put the milk on the table for you if you're a babe in Christ or that you would find the meat of God's word today if you're moving on into that experiential uh, discernment of good and evil so that you'll be able to become skillful, experienced in the word of righteousness. Hallelujah. So let's read verse 5, Hebrews chapter 2. For unto the angels has he not put in subjection the world to come whereof we speak. The world that's coming, my friend, he's telling us here, angels are not going to rule over it. Man is. Watch as we read on. Verse 6. But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man? that you are mindful of him, or the son of man, that you visit him, take care of him. And as we covered on the last session, many times those who are walking with the Lord have to just stop and say, Lord, how, how come you're so faithful to me? How, how can you love me in the midst of my hard-headedness sometimes? And who, who is man that you take care of us? And, and we're going to see that that the answer to that is we read on through the scriptures here. And remember what he's trying to do here in Hebrews is show the supremacy of Christ over that of angels. And when we see the supremacy of Christ, the authority of Christ, the greatness of Christ, then we will begin to know who we are in him. Amen. Because it's men that lost the earth God gave to them and Jesus had to come and restore us to God and our authority over the earth again. So watch this now. Verse 7, You made him a little lower than the angels 
you crowned him with glory and honor and did set him over the works of your hands. Now we know this happened when God created man, formed him of the dust of the ground and set him in the garden of Eden and told him to till the ground and, to, and to, you know, take care of the garden and, and to be fruitful and multiply. And he had authority over every creature and all things on the earth. And, and man sinned and death came in and man lost that authority, giving that authority over to the enemy who lied to them and deceived Eve and this flat out, this Adam just rebelled against what God had said. And so uh, man had been set over the work of God's hands, the whole earth. We lost that authority. We lost that position. So Jesus came and gave us back the authority we lost, the right standing with God that we fell from, the, the relationship with God that was severed and we were cut off and fell so far away we couldn't do anything but run from any kind of presence of God, any kind of talk of God. All we could do is run from it. But God gave a promise. God gave the promise of His Son that would come one day and redeem us. And that's what we're going to see here in this second chapter. Let's... Uh, Read verse 8. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. Not going to. He already has. Everything right now is in subjection under the feet of Jesus. I want you to know that right now. There, 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 there is coming a time when the enemy and all the devils and demons and principalities and powers who've already been triumphed over Make, Jesus made an open show of them, triumphing over them in his cross, Colossians 2, 14 and 16. But there's coming a time when that manifestation of their defeat, that the manifestation, the revealing that they are defeated, hallelujah, and, and, and watching them be defeated instead of having to listen to their lies and, and ongoings today and onslaughts of all the things that they produced because they all still exist. They've just been triumphed over. But they're under the feet of Jesus and, and there's coming a time when he's going to um, make even the enemies it's going to be revealed that his feet is on them. His feet is on them. Watch this now. You've put all things, you have put all things in subjection under his feet. You remember Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 that Jesus is the one who's upholding all things right now by the word of his power. He's in control, my friend. Jesus has not lost control. The people that look like they're out of control, they're only opposing him and his righteousness, but he's using even that for his purposes, his will. Nobody and nothing on the planet is not serving to some degree the purpose of our mighty God. Hallelujah. Never forget that. Don't care what it is. Don't care what's going on. Don't care how evil it is. Somehow God is using that for his own purpose. I, I mean, we don't know what it is. Uh, rarely in some things like to watch Stephen be stoned and, and, and to be uh, declaring the, the, the greatness of Christ and, and being stoned for his preaching Christ and preaching the gospel. Jesus as the Son of God resurrected and alive again, preaching that and being stoned. We don't really 
understand that. But we try to throw our opinions in, such as the Apostle Paul, when he was Saul, was holding the cloaks of those who were stoning Stephen. We like to say that he more than likely he was convicted by that because that was a great move of God, just not the kind we like to see. Come on now. We want to see a move of God in the church where people's laying hands on each other and praise God for all that. That's good. We need to see those things. But a move of God was also Stephen being stoned. Because the move of God was on Stephen's part, testifying of the Son of God to the, to the degree that Jesus stood up in heaven, hallelujah, on Stephen's behalf. So the move of God is not always what we've got pictured, not always what we write down that we get to choose, but we do get to choose Jesus. We do get to choose to live for God, and I pray that we'd become more determined to follow Him in spite of the way things look. If it rains now, folk won't even go worship God. Stephen stood in the midst of a stoning. He was being stoned, declaring the goodness of God. We got folk today, my Lord, they're looking for an excuse not to gather with the saints. They're looking for an excuse not to get in the word, not to pray. I'm talking about it's an apostate church that's got all the right things to say, but man, our hearts are far from God. Hearts are far from God, and you know they are if there's not a manifestation of obedience in the lives of the children of God. We need to remember that. You've put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. Now, I'm a Bible believer, and it tells me right there. Everything is in subjection to him. Everything. Now, I know there's a scripture in 1 Corinthians, maybe 2 Corinthians, that talks about when that final foe, death, is defeated. And, and, and the Lord makes all the enemies... All of our enemies, the footstool for Christ. Know this, and know this right now. That means there's going to be a manifestation of his feet on the enemies. Right now, it's the word of God we declare. Right now, it's those who tremble at God's word, who trust God's word, who can know this by faith. But we can't see this in the natural. But it's happening, my friend. There's coming a revealing of that. There's coming a, a view of that. You're going to get to see that. And, and let me read something else to you. Uh, uh, Romans 16, 20, something Paul wrote. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. Think about that. The God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet. That means there's going to be a revealing of this. <laughs> there's going to be a manifestation. Right now we declare, Satan, you're under my feet. But there's going to be this big revelation. God's going to show all that Satan is under our feet. That's coming to a theater near you, my friend. I hope you're excited about that, looking forward to seeing that because the whole world is going to see Satan bruised under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Hallelujah. That's good stuff. You need to write that down. That's Romans chapter 16, verse 20. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. He's under the feet of Jesus right now. Had his head crushed. Glory to God. The promise in the Garden of Eden for the Redeemer to come would be that he would 
crush the enemy's head. That means his authority while he was being bruised and wounded for our sins and iniquities. You need to understand that at the cross, Jesus crushed Satan's authority. Not the resurrection, not the miracles he worked before the cross, not the resurrection after the cross. Jesus took the power of death away from the devil in his death. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The door was opened to all all of mankind to come in to the kingdom of heaven through Jesus condemning sin in his own flesh, the Bible says in Romans 8. He made the new and living way for us in his flesh. That means what he did in his death on the cross. You better run from the liars that are everywhere in these last days saying that you couldn't be saved if Jesus didn't go to uh, paradise and, and, and take the keys of death and hell uh, away from Satan. Let me tell you something. The, the, devil had, the devil had the authority of death. But by the time Jesus went to paradise, he already had the keys because he obtained them in his death. Hebrews 2.14, we'll get to it in this chapter if the Lord doesn't tarry. Jesus, in his death, took the authority of death, the power of death away from the devil. Do you get that? These liars that are out there today, they're not Bible believers. They make, up their, the, they make things up as they go and know they sound so spiritual, but the only people that follow them are those that don't know the Word, but, and I'm talking about those that don't tremble at God's Word. There is a people today that trembles at God's Word, a people who are contrite and lowly before God and look to the sacrifice each and every day. The Bible says, You've put all things in subjection under His feet, for in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things under him. We can't see that. We, these people out there, they're running around like they're in control of all things. Their evil is all get out. They're glorying even in their shame more today than ever before. And we don't see right now that they are under the feet of Jesus. We don't see that they're under His subjection. We don't see that. But what we do see is the most important thing, and that's Jesus. If, listen, if the most important thing was that we would see everything in subjection, we would see it revealed right now today, then that would happen today. But right now in this age, in this time period that we're in, this church age, this times of the Gentiles, which is about to come to an end at any moment right now, you need to understand what's more important is that you see Jesus. You see Jesus. If you get carried up and carried away and all this, bless God, I want them to know uh, uh, that, that Jesus, I want them to know that, that they can't rule unless, unless uh, they're, they're getting permission from Him. And, and listen, the devil cannot do anything unless the Lord allows him to do it because all things are subject to Jesus. All things are from Him, by Him, for Him, through Him, and to him. You need to understand that. But don't get carried up in the evil of this world just because it doesn't appear they're subject to him. You need to keep your eyes on Jesus. Look, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. 
Watch now for the suffering of death. Crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. That he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. You need to know this. Jesus tasted death for every man. Forget the, 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 the men of old who, who knew the way into the kingdom was Christ and what he did at Calvary. But yet they say Jesus didn't die for everybody. My friends, again, be a Bible believer. I don't care what brother so-and-so said. I don't care how many people got saved in his ministry. And listen, even Martin Luther that was used of God greatly hated the Jews. Didn't, he didn't understand the Bible. None of us have it all perfect, believe me. But God is using men today. He's using men who still don't have everything perfect. But there is an increase of knowledge. There is an increase of grace for it's the only avenue through which we can grow in Christ Jesus. But if you'll keep looking at Jesus, and again, as I shared on the last broadcast, and you need to write these things down. You need to allow this, these sessions to be that which the Lord through these sessions is equipping you and training you for the work of the ministry. First of all, to show you that the Holy Spirit only works in truth. Psalms 33, 4 and Romans 8, 2. And then, as you learn truth, to be led by the Spirit, to follow the Spirit into the truth He leads you in, then you can share these truths with your co-workers, your family, your friend, anybody that God puts in your path. And they need to see these straight-to-the-point truths of God's Word. Not just overall facts that everybody's saying. We, God is bringing His people to a focus. We see Jesus. Hallelujah. And there's two scriptures. I brought it out in the last session again. Hebrews chapter 2 here, verse 9, and Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Talk about what we have to be seeing if we're going to see Jesus in this age. And that is... What he did at Calvary. Watch. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. So let's get back to what I was saying. No matter what men of old have said, because many of certain groups and sects and really Christian men have said that Jesus only died for Christians, only died for believers. No, believers are the only ones who will partake of it, but he died for all. You have to stick with the Word of God. Do not be carried off in men's opinions. Opinions stink. Opinions will bring death to your life. Opinions will put you in the flesh. Opinions will move you away from where you should walk. You will die. Faith cannot come from opinions. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Watch this, if I can find this. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. That's why he became a man. That's why God the Son became the Son of Man, made a little lower than the angels for the purpose of going to the cross. Crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God should taste death forever. Man, every, every man, every man, 
God didn't create some to go to hell and some to go to heaven. That would make God a liar because God has said in His Word that, that, that he, he desires that none should perish. It's not God's will that any should perish. That means He didn't choose any to perish. Get that. I said Bible believers, not men followers, Bible followers following the spirit of truth into truth. It's only spoken in God's Word. So Jesus died for all men. I don't care how men word it and try to make it sound. Jesus died for all men. Here it is again in 1 John chapter 2, verse 2. And He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And John the Baptist proclaimed Jesus as the Lamb of God that came to take away the sin of the world. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believed upon Him should never perish but have everlasting life. It's not God's will that any should perish. All that false predestination garbage, and that's all it is, that Calvinistic, messed up, mistaken, whatever you want to call it, theological mistake on His behalf, God didn't predestine some to go to hell and some to go to heaven. God created men in His image and it was never His will that men would fail. God knew they would because given a choice, it was what man had was choice. Again, don't listen to the Calvinistic view that that says we're exalting ourselves when we claim we had a choice or anything to do with salvation, nothing in it all. My friend, that's a lie. We were completely and totally depraved. We could not save ourselves, but we have the privilege of choice. We can believe to be saved. And that is all humanity. If Jesus died for all, again, are you going to stick with those who have just made things up outside of the scriptures that I've given you this morning? You have to stick with the Word of God. You can't go with what men say just because they were elevated and widely used seeing people saved. Let me tell you something. Before 24, 25 years ago, there's not hardly anything happened in the body uh, uh, spiritually in a Christian sense other than people being saved and, and, and being filled, baptized with the Holy Spirit. Other than that, uh, before the last 24 years, rarely, rarely was the word heard of sanctification. Rarely. And when it was, it was heard in the wrong context. And when the message of the cross did come on the scene, it took no time for men to bash it out. The enemy threw men to crash it down. I'm reminding you this morning that The last 24 years is probably the longest segment of time in church history in a growing way that the message of the cross is is gaining ground. Churches being planted, preachers not ashamed of the gospel, preachers becoming uh, determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. I hope you're hearing me today. When you're looking for the move of God, my friend, you have to look at the greatest move of God that has ever or will ever take place and that was Christ and His redeeming work at Calvary. Listen, if what's being preached is not pointing you to that, whether they're lost or saved. It is not the move of God you think it is. The music might be good, but it's not the move of God. Oh, uh, the, the way they dress may be comforting to you, but it's not the move of God. The move of God takes place in a broken and contrite heart, hallelujah, and spirit of man. 
that when they look to Calvary, God saves, God moves in, and God begins to work. But when we stop looking to the cross of Christ, the work ceases. I've not said this in a while, but I need to more often. Psalms 33, 4. For the word of the Lord is right. Anything contrary to it's wrong. Watch this now. For the word of the Lord is right and all his works are done in truth. And when preachers come along and say, well, I hear them teaching and preaching that, but it's, it's really not what they're saying. Well, yes, it's really what the Bible says, that the, God's word is right and all his works are done in truth. That means outside of truth, he's not going to work on my behalf. Paul wrote to the Galatian church and revealed that to them, that if they go back to circumcision... Doesn't matter what Christ has done for them in the past. If they go back to circumcision, if they go back to thinking they got to eat this or support that day or this day or dress this way or anything legalistic, Christ is not going to profit you. He's not going to affect you. You've fallen from grace. You've fallen from the place that really... It's called grace, but grace is where God functions. Grace is what God is doing. We, we're saved by grace. That means through Christ and His work at Calvary. We're taught by grace. That means the Holy Spirit guiding us into all truth. Who is God? Amen. Our, our labors are by grace if it's God at work in our lives. And again, the word of the Lord is right. That's what we're to look to. But we're to find the truth of God's word because that's what God's going to work in. Outside of that, I don't care what preachers come along. They, listen, they're not preachers who tremble at God's Word. We, we, we read scriptures. And let me say this this morning. It came out in the message last night a little bit. We, we see things in God's Word. And it brings a trembling to our heart. I remember sitting in the mountains of the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee in 2007 and, and, and in my morning Bible study coming across Psalms 33 and 4. And the Lord had already taught me that truth is a man named Jesus and what he did at Calvary. That's the truth because when you know the truth, who is Jesus? Jesus said, when you know the truth, the truth will make you free. And it's only what Jesus did at Calvary that freed us. Jesus said that. So when I already knew the truth, Jesus and Him crucified, and then I see in God's Word that the Word of the Lord is right and all His works are done in truth, that brought a trembling to my heart. And the mistake that we make most of the time is when we see something in God's Word and it causes our hearts to tremble, we start looking for a way around, a way out. We start looking for something to milk that down. <coughs> There's a special place in the presence of God for those who tremble at His Word. Read Isaiah chapter 66. Write that down. Take a note. Go read it later. There's a special place and special benefits for those who tremble at God's Word and those who are trying to milk down what God says. It's amazing today how many ministers will preach this and preach that, but if they hear somebody else preaching it, they'll say, well, you know, it's that self-exaltation. The Word of the Lord is right. And all His, wor all His works, all His works are done in truth. In truth. That means in Christ and what He did at Calvary through that avenue. There will be nobody in heaven that doesn't come through that way. 
There will not be one Christian that's ever lived in victory that doesn't maintain faith in that, in that one object, Christ and His sacrificial work. Not because they got saved 10 years ago, 10 days ago, 10 months ago, but because they're trusting in that victorious work at Calvary today. Not that and the purpose-driven. Not that and the words we speak. Not that and anything. That and that alone. That one object, that new and living way in His flesh, His death. Hallelujah. But we see Jesus. Do you see Jesus? I'm not talking about picturing a bloody corpse hanging on a tree. I'm talking about do you see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels, crowned with glory and honor for the suffering for the suffering of death. Watch. that he, And we're going to talk about this more in the next session because grace is a very important topic. Grace reigns through righteousness. And righteousness is the work Jesus carried out at Calvary. Hallelujah. If any of our works are not tied to our faith in that work, it's not. I don't care how good it looks. I don't care how nice it may appear. And everybody in our community thinks that we're spiritual and very religious or whatever they call it. <coughs> and we've got this outer form going. But God sees the heart. God sees the true object of faith. And God only works in truth. And I don't have time to get into it, but Romans 8 and 2 tells us there's a new law under the new covenant that Jesus said is in His blood in Luke 22 and 20. The new covenant is in His blood. The experience of the new covenant is only through faith in His blood. Not yesterday's faith. Now faith is. Hallelujah. Amen. If just getting born again just solved it and carried out everything and we just tiptoed through the tulips of holiness the rest of our lives, there's much of the New Testament we didn't need to know about because it would just work out all right. Well, we're out of time. Can you believe it? Time flies when you're flying on those eagle's wings. Glory to God. Good to be here with you today. We're praying for you, whoever you are, wherever you are right now. Know this, that God wants to bring you in further to the truth of the cross. We've heard too much false. We've heard too much, uh, uh, too much, too much not right. We need to stick with God's Word. And when we see things in God's Word that causes our hearts to tremble, let us cry out to God and move on in, not run away, not milk it down, not try to find somebody else who don't really want to have to deal with what God has said. He loves you. He gave His Son to prove it, to show you. And it's an eternal love. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Don't forget to tune in here every Monday and Thursday at 8.30 a.m. as we're presently digging through the book of Hebrews. In the morning, every Friday morning, we're presently right now studying 2 Timothy. So be with us in the morning at 9 a.m. Look forward to seeing you. Don't forget to pray for us. Sow into this good ground. And you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. And if you understood a little bit about what I was talking about today, Psalms 33 and 4, got a $10 book for you. All God's works are done in truth. 62-page booklet. You can have it. Make sure when you donate, you're going to have to tell us what you want. And if there's not any place to tell us, you're going to have to send me a message in Messenger or email me at curtishutchinson at att.net. Glory to God. Until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.